our scripture passage today is taken from Ezekiel, is that right? 33, uh, 1 through 9, uh, chapter 33 at the beginning. And again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring a sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, and whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take the warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take the warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes the warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the hand of the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. And when I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Good morning, church. Good morning. Just want to let you know that it's an honor to be here again. Um, anybody familiar with cowboys and Indians and the soldiers and the wartime and stuff like that? Amen. What was always up top at the gate to watch the gate? A guard, a watchman. There was always a watchman say, hey, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. You know, there was always a warning. Can anybody tell me what that scripture was just saying? You can speak. It's okay. We need watchmen. We need need watchmen. We are the watchmen. We should be the watchmen. We should be warning the world of what's going on because of the knowledge that we have. Anybody have a horn on their car? What are horns for? To sound, right? To warn people. Get out of the way or whatever's going on, but it's, it's to warn people. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father God, we thank you for being here again today. Lord, I ask you to remove me and stand in my place. And we thank you for your blessings. And may the Holy Spirit come down and dwell among us. May our ears and our eyes and our hearts be open to the message that's before us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Isaiah 51 says this. Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sins. We can't be silent anymore, church. We have to open our mouth. We have to sound the alarm that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And we have to sound the alarm with the truth. We are watchmen. Let the church arise. That's us. And repent of her backsliding 
before God. Let the watchman awake, that's us, and give the trumpet a certain, a certain sound. It is a definite, definite warning that we have to proclaim. God commands his servants, which is us, to cry aloud and spare not. The church, which is us, is not this building here. We come here to worship. We come here to learn. And what we learn, what do we do? We take it back out to the world. Am I right? And you can say amen, too. Don't be scared to say amen. It's, 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 it's all right. The word amen means that we are together. It means strength. Amen. Thank you, brother. The church must arise. The Spirit of God can never come in until we prepare the way for God to come in. There should be an earnest searching of our hearts. There should be united perseverance of prayer and through faith, a claiming of the promises of God, what God has for us. You and I should be in deep, deep humiliation for our souls. We must pray, pray, pray. We have not the first reason for self-congratulation, patting yourself on the back, saying I made it. That we have and that we have arrived. We should be humble of ourselves under the mighty hand of our God, the only God. There's only one God, church, and that's the God that created the heavens and the earth. He and only he will comfort and bless the true seekers. The work is right before us. So question, will we engage Will we engage in it? We must work fast. We must go steady forward. We must be ready for that great day of our Lord. We have no time to lose, church. No time to be engaged in selfish purpose. The world is to be warned. And the question is, what are we doing about it? We know these things, amen? Another question for us, what are we doing, you and I, as individuals to bring the light before others? God has left every man his work. Every person has a part to act, and we cannot neglect this except at the danger of our souls and not reaching other souls. And if we love God, we would do it because we keep his commandments, amen, amen. and not rebel against them. That is another form of faith, hoping for souls and hoping for heaven and steady reaching. Will we grieve the Holy Spirit, church, and cause it to depart from us because of our foolishness? Will we shut out the blessed Savior because we are unprepared? Because we, because we are unprepared for his presence. Will we leave the souls to perish without the knowledge of truth because we love our easy? We love taking it easy. See, you're not the only ones there to share those tears. <laughs> and I'm not going to apologize for them either. So we love our easy too well to bear the burden that Jesus bore for us. Let us awake out of our sleep. 
First Peter 5.8 tells us this warning. It says, be sober, sober and vigilant because what? Speak it, brother. That's right. He wants us. He, Satan is trying to take everybody he can out, church. You see the accidents. You see the storms out there. And Sister White says that Satan has learned to manipulate the weather. God is not doing these destructions that you see going on before you. It's Satan. He knows his time is short. And it says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And church, the devil don't care if you come to church. But he does care if you come to Jesus. And that's where we all need to be. But we are in the great day of atonement when your sins and my sins, no matter what we have done, are by confession and repentance to go beforehand to judgment. God does not now accept a tamed down, waterless testimony from his ministers. And who are his ministers? Amen. We are his ministers. Not just a pastor to come and preach. You are to speak the truth, what you know, because you are watchmen. And such testimonies would not be present truth. The message, the message for this time now must be meat in due season to feed the church of God. But Satan has been seeking slowly and gradually to rob this message of this power. Why? So that the people may not be prepared to stand in the day of the Lord. And again, that's you and me. In the typical service of the sanctuary, when the work of atonement was performed by the high priest in the most holy place of the earthly sanctuary, the people was required to afflict their souls before God and confess their sins that they might be atoned for and blotted out. So, will any less be required of us in this anti-typical day church of atonement? When Christ in above is pleading in behalf of his people, and the final decision is to be pronounced upon every case. Let the church arise and repent. If we, you and I, have any regard for our souls and other souls' salvation, we must make a decided change. When, church? Now. Because you don't know if the day is your last day. The Bible tells us tomorrow is not promised to us. So what are we doing? So question for us today. What is our condition in this fearful and solemn time like today, like now? What pride is prevailing in the church? What hypocrisy? What deception? What about the love of dress, the lack of seriousness, the amusement, and what about the desire to have power? We get the puffed up chest. We're hurting each other. We love to be entertained. And what about gossip? Now, I know that don't go on in this church, but uh, just other, the other churches out there and stuff, you know? All these things have clouded our minds, church, so that eternal things have no room 
and our things have things have no room and are not discerned. Shall we not search the scriptures that we may know where we are in this world's history and what's going on? Shall we not become intelligent in regard to the work that is being accomplished for us at this time by the Lord? And the position that we are as sinners should occupy while this work of atonement is going on and moving forward. You and I are the church. And a true revival is the church's greatest need. Revive us, O Lord. Revive us. Revelation three fifteen eighteen talks about our eyes being anointed with eyesight that we may see because we're asleep. God calls for a spiritual revival and a spiritual reformation. Unless this take place, those who are lukewarm will continue to grow more adherent to the Lord until he will refuse to acknowledge us as his children. A revival and a reformation must take place in us under the ministration of the Holy Spirit. But... Revival and Reformation are two different things. Are y'all still with me? Amen. Anybody sleeping? If you are, I'm going to say, wake up. Wake up, church. We have to rise. Revival signifies a renewal of a spiritual life and a quickening of the power of mind and heart. Galatians 22:23 says this, the fruit of the Spirit as we receive... It says, as we receive the, the spirit of Christ and become more like him, the spirit of unselfish love and labor for others, we will grow and bring forth fruit. The grace of the spirit will ripen in our character. Our faith will increase. Our conviction will deepen. Our love will be made perfect. More and more, we will reflect the likeness of Christ in all that is pure, noble, and lovely. In all that is pure, noble, and lovely, church. Revival also is a resurrection, resurrection from spiritual death. If we're doing the same old, same old, same old things, something wrong. You can't use the excuse anymore church that's just the way I am that's just how it is that's just me that's not going to get you in heaven God accept us like we are but we have to change we have to become like Christ if you want to be in heaven you're going to have to become like Christ no matter what it takes and you have someone there to help you Jesus said I will be with you through, through your journey no matter what it is Revival also is a restoration from spiritual death. Now, reformation signifies a reorganization, a change in ideals and theories and habits and what we practice that are not of God. Now, reformation will not bring forth good fruits of righteousness unless it is connected with with the revival of the spirit. Revival and reformation are to do their appointed work. And in doing their appointed work, they must blend together. In the sanctuary, who knows much about the sanctuary? A little bit? A lot? 
Okay. In the holy place, there's three pieces of furniture. Give them people be quiet. There, 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 there are three pieces of furniture. Can anybody name them? That's in the holy place. Table of showbread. Table of showbread. Candlestick. Uh-uh, not, not in, in the most holy place. I mean, in the holy place. Altar of incense. There are three. If you do two of those, the third one is automatically. Can you tell me what that is? What do the table of showbread represent? Christ's sacrifice. It, it, it's Christ's sacrifice, the word of God, and, 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 uh, uh, and uh, our diet and everything. Okay, what do the altar of incense represent? Prayers. Our prayers going before God. What do the candlestick represent? The Holy Spirit, the light. If you do those two, the altar, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the altar of instant, the prayers, if you study the table of showbread, you will automatically become the third piece of furniture there. You will automatically become a light. And when we study the sanctuary church, we're in the mind of God because God drew the plans to salvation. It all started there. Amen. Amen. So do y'all understand that? That sanctuary part there? I think it's very, very important because when we read and study and when we pray, we're going to become more and more like Jesus. Second Corinthians 13, 5 says this. Examine yourself to see whether you are holding to your faith, church. Examine yourself to see whether if you are holding to your faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Jesus is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Our faith is obeying the commandments of the Lord. One more question I want to ask. Well, not one more, but another one. What do you think is going to get us into heaven? What do you think that's going to get us into heaven? Christ's sacrifice. Okay. How many of you have seen Christ? How many of you know that the Bible is true? How do you know that the Bible is true? We believe faith is true. Okay, so go back again. We believe in faith. Faith. It's our faith that's going to get us into heaven. Amen. Nothing that we're never good, we won't be good enough. We'll never be good enough. It's our faith. And not, not just believing, because who else believes? The, Satan. The Bible says the devil also believes. So what makes us different from the, from the devil? It's because we are moving forward in what we believe in. Amen? Amen? So it goes back again. We are watchmen. We are to tell the world what's taking place, what's happened, that Jesus is coming. You still with me? Amen. All right. Amen. Under the light, do you look like Jesus? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Under the light, do we look like Jesus? There is a necessity for close self-examination for us all and to closely investigate ourselves in the light of God's word. And we need to ask ourselves this question, church. Am I sound or am I rotten at heart? Am I renewed in Christ or am I still carnal at heart? Who are we in Christ? We must search our hearts, not watching what everyone else is doing. We should be pleading with God to show us every practice that draws our thoughts and our affection from him. God has even given us his holy law to man, and his measure of character 
and by this law we may see and overcome every defect in our character. And in doing that, we must arise and repent. I have a searching, I have a searching the heart question. Psalms 24, 3 and 4. Someone read that for me. Psalms 34, I mean Psalms 24, I apologize. Psalms 24, 3 and 4. Psalms 24, 3, and 4. There's a hand back there, that young lady. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. So there's your answer. That's a question at the first part of it, and there's the answer. Who shall be able to stand? So church, if we harbor pri- pride in our heart, self-esteem, a love for supremacy, vain glory, unholy ambition, mummering, discontent, bitterness, evil speaking, lying, deception, and slander, it comes to this. You don't have Christ in your heart abiding with you. That's pretty heavy. If you're doing any of that stuff, we don't have Christ in our hearts. How can we call ourselves a Christian? How can you go speak truth to someone else when you don't even have it here? We must have a Christian, Christ-like character that will stand. There's three colors on the curtains in the sanctuary. Anybody know what those are? In the, in the, uh-huh. Red and blue. Red and blue. What do red represent? God's blood. God's blood. What do blue represent? God's law. Oh, that's right. God's law. Obedience. And then the purple? Well, well it represents royalty. And that's who you are. You are royalty, church, because of the blood and the obedience. And check this out in First Peter 2.9. Satan wants you. Why does Satan want you? Check this out. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. That's you, church. That's why uh, in Sabbath school today I said we have to look at things spiritual more than physical because we get so disappointed when we look at stuff physical. But we look, when we look at things spiritual, our eyes open. And everything that goes on in this world is spiritual because we live in a spiritual world. We're in the middle of good and evil. So our eyes have to be open and, and, and continue to cling on Christ. I'm almost done. God is calling us to his marvelous light. The Bible says, like in the days of Brother Noah, they will be planning, building, buying, selling, eating, drinking, married, giving in marriage, up to the last moment of their probation. There's so much focus on other things. We are so much focused on other things, and Satan wants to keep us busy. Look at all the entertainment out there, the television. The television is getting bigger and bigger where you, where you can just be inside of it, basically, like, you know, the cell phones. I mean, all of this intelligence stuff that's going on. Satan is trying to keep our eyes off the things that we should be paying attention to. 
We are to stand faithful at our post of duty because we're watchmen. Don't let nothing take you off of your post and the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. So on our post of duty, we are light bearers. Our light is not to grow dim, but to shine brighter and brighter until the perfect day. How long have we been hearing that Jesus is coming? For years and years and years, right? Well, that same thrilling truth that has been sounding in our ears for many years, the Lord is at hand, be ye also ready. It is not less than the truth today than when we first heard the message of the good news. Question. What has to go bef- what has to go to happen before we do? Heart our sins. Our sins. <laughs> our sins but the, yes, our, we have to have our heart right. Our sins have to go to heaven before we do. Because sinners won't be in heaven, church. And another reason they won't be there, and I know this, because they would be uncomfortable. They, they, they wouldn't like it. So our sins has to go to heaven. Will we fill our hearts with light and love as he takes our sins away? Ezekiel 33, which we read, 33, the th- uh, 3 and 5, it says, Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and take it not warning, if the sword comes and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. And, and it starts with the leaders. And who are the leaders? We are. We are, we are leaders. And you know why? Because we're, leaving, we're leading someone to heaven or we're leading them to hell. You're being watched by somebody. I, I guarantee you, you are being watched by somebody. And that's an old saying. We may be the only Bible that people get a chance to read. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> and another thing I have learned in life, you're going to act like the master that you serve. We need to say, I will not spend precious moment in reading, watching, that which will not be no, of no profit to me. And which only unfits me to be of service to others. I, as a child of God, will devote my time and my thoughts to acquiring a fitness for God's service and be a person. And to be a person that lay down my will and and seek God's will. A person who heart and life listens to God laws that is written. God wants to give his people power for in these last days to draw people in. We have to get our hearts right. We're, we are to preach the gospel cho- that's chosen of God, sealed with the blood of consecration, and are to rescue men and women from impending destruction, or their blood will be on our hands. I would like anyone that needs special prayer. I know the young lady here says she was dealing with some some things, um, and the, and the uh, elder and the head deacon, if you would come up front, please.
why anybody else to come up to you. So I'm opening up an invitation for special prayer, special healing, because God is still God, amen? amen? And he can take care of us in all things. As the elders up here today and the head deacon, I want to say this too in closing. Revelation 14, 6, 7, it says, This is the final worldwide appeal to all people to recognize the one true God. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. 14, 7, saying, With a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And the main thing to the main thing, church, and worship him that made heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of the waters. God loves each and every one of us. Today I want to say a special prayer. Um, If anybody else want to come up while the music going, I give you I give you another there you go, three seconds or so. Come on up. Don't be shamed. It's all right. We all got something going on. Let me tell you, we all have something going on with us. Satan, like I said, Satan is trying to take us out, people. He is. We need now to cling to God more and more than we ever have before. We, we need each other. We need to stick together. We need to not fight amongst each other. And that's one of the main things the devil... Is want us to do. He want to call, cause confusion in the church. Because if he can get y'all confused, that means you ain't going to do nothing. You're going to be sitting down fighting amongst each other while the Lord is coming. Yes. Amen? Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father God, I thank you for your love, mercy, and your grace again, God. I want to say a very, very, very special prayer over this congregation today. God, I want to pray... For the ones that are sick, the ones that have an issues that's going on, the ones that have solid requests, Lord. And I pray for the elders and the deacons here at this church as their leaders. And as they keep the faith there, Lord, keep everybody charged up and keep them going and keep them moving there, Lord. Because that's one thing about faith. Faith is an action word. Faith calls us to move. We go through the valley sometime, and even when David said he went, the, even though he may be in the valley of shadow of the death, he would fear no evil, but he kept moving, Lord. He kept moving, and may we all keep moving, no matter what it looks like, because we know that you're with us. Your promise, you said, I will never leave or forsake you. And God, we thank you for being there for us, and we can always count on you. And may we lean to each other, too, during these last days, because we know time is very short. This is my prayer in Jesus' name, God. And we thank you for being our God, and may we be a people that you say, these are my children to whom I am well pleased. In Jesus' name, amen.